Before we start this week's episode with Miles Adcox, I want to say thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, and thank you if you're listening for the first time. To say thanks, I thought it'd be fun to offer up an opportunity to do a question and answer during an upcoming episode. Soon, JJ and I will take questions about how you can move forward in business, what you're struggling with, if it's marketing questions, messaging questions, execution questions, vision casting questions, whatever questions that you have, go ahead and ask us. At the end of this episode, we're going to have details on how you can submit your questions. But for now, start thinking about what those questions might be, and we just might answer your question on an upcoming episode. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hello, Don. J.J., the days are numbered that we <laughs> oh, will yeah? give that intro to this podcast. Okay, it is going I'm so to change. glad that's how, where that sentence went. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, where are we going with this very dark podcast? No, you podcast. still have to live. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Into our brave future, we will no longer be called the Building a Story Brand Podcast. Yes. We will be called, starting January 1, the Business Made Simple Podcast. Dun, da, da, da. And it's a completely new setup. We have a new producer yep. who comes out of improv theater in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bobby Richards is an acclaimed actor who's now <laughs> helping us become more entertaining. Yes. <laughs> or at least that's his challenge. Yeah, exactly. His advice for this particular episode was don't talk so much. I'm not sure <laughs> how that's going to make us more entertaining, but I think maybe he's thrown in the yeah. towel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you'll want to look in January. The podcast is going to change names. Kula is coming on to mm -hmm. join us. We'll have different segments. Uh, we think you're really going to like it. So make sure you look for that. You will still be subscribed, by the way. You don't have yeah. to do anything. It's just going to change names. Today, though, JJ, yeah. I interview Miles Adcox. This uh, is Miles' third time. He's the only three-time guest. Is he a three-peat? I think he's the wow, only three-time. Well, you amazing. might be, and Kula might be. Yeah, but other than that. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> he's which worth every time, Yeah, every single time. We tend to bring Miles on when there's a lot of stress in the yes. world. <laughs> and uh, Miles runs a, an organization called On-Site Workshops. I noticed through their email list and just knowing Miles that they, they created a course called Rediscovering You. It's a digital course. Yeah. And I thought, I want to have you on to do a synopsis of it because he's speaking so much to corporate leaders now. They're more stressed than ever. Their workforce is more stressed than ever, and people just aren't themselves mm -hmm. in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. JJ, Miles and I had a great conversation. You and I are going to unpack it uh, when we come back. But for now, I don't want to wait any longer. Here's my conversation with Miles Adcox. Miles, we tend to bring you on when the culture has become so stressed we need a counselor. Well, <laughs> you, you know serve what? a great I'll take purpose. The slot where I can get it. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, you know, people are going to go back to work more stressed and mentally disheveled than they ever have before. And there are a lot of reasons for that. We can unpack, if you like, what it is that's happened in our culture that's driving us crazy that feels unnatural. But then I brought you on because I want to talk about what to do about it. On-site workshops, and JJ and I talked about it, has been a life-changing experience for me, for thousands and thousands of other people who've gone and done a seven-day program called Living Centered that I did, Betsy did, a lot of our staff have done it. And so what you guys have never done, though, is release digital material. And one of the things I was grateful for that COVID did was cause you guys to 
pull out the camera and do some it make some digital hard, make yeah. some digital stuff. And you've got a course out called Rediscovering You. Yes, we are so excited to have that out. It came on the heels of our first digital course, which was 30 Days of Living Centered, which mm-hmm. was an idea yeah. that you helped us with. Yeah. Not surprising. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a vital time for us to be able to pivot and expand our services and reach more people. Because as you said, we're experiencing more collective stress uh, yeah. as humanity than any other time in history right now as we speak. And so you better believe that's going to show up in the workplace. Yeah. And the, primarily the reason for that, and I, just as fast as I can summarize it, is that the two things that the human brain fears the most is a lack of control hmm. and isolation. Oof. And collectively, yeah, thanks we're, to we're this little thing called the that. global pandemic, that we're all experiencing a little bit more than that than we have historically. And so the good news is, is uh, instead of that being an obstacle, if we take a look at it now, it could become an opportunity and an asset. Yeah. Uh, you know, you add to that this election, and it's the probably the most it's the most stressful in my lifetime in terms of the tension that people are experiencing, you know, talking about the country and politics and getting our identity involved into it. And then on top of that, you have a vaccine that has a little microchip that Bill Gates created that's going to allow a 5G <laughs> network to make us all Chinese citizens. So there's that to get upset that's, about. And the fact that your uncle believes that. That's <laughs> one more thing up, to consider. And brought it up over dinner. So, you know, it's a crazy time. We weren't exactly in a mental health utopia pre-pandemic. <laughs> right. But uh, just I think between that and the social unrest and all that's going on out in culture right now, it definitely statistically things are at an all time high. What is this doing to our cortisol levels? What is this doing to our relationships? What is this doing to our mental health? Ultimately, when we're in seasons of elevated stress, our brain typically starts to experience some of our deepest fears. We go there more Mm -hmm. often than we would in a normal season. And when we get wrapped up in a fear cycle, we lose perspective on our ability to evaluate progress or our process and get so hyper-focused on the end result, which is an unobtainable goal, either personally or professionally, that we end up hijacking our system and our process, and it ends up hurting us and going in reverse. Hmm. When you talk about our process, what do you mean? Do you mean the way you check with yourself to be yourself? Yeah, and you know, I'm always talking through the lens of personal growth, but in a sense, uh, a lot of what we teach and work on at OnSite through the personal growth and emotional intelligence and health lens translates easily over to leadership. As you know, we've had some good conversations around that. It's the same. It doesn't even translate. It's just the same. Well, we, I mean, ultimately you become a better leader by becoming a better human being, but that's not taught in traditional management theory. I'm Mm -hmm. excited that you're going to be including it in Business Made Simple because it's so vital uh, to everything that we do in in leadership. We take this course and we're going to get a little bite-sized chunk of it here today. You guide us through three sort of paradigm shifts. We need to reset, we need to recalibrate, and then we need to reconnect. And resetting means what? I think that may be one of the most important and vital tools that we can do as human beings in life, in leadership, in our relationships, is that we can catch ourselves in the moment and take literally a physical step back and reset our reality. Mm -hmm. Because typically, when the executive and reasoning function part of our brain is offline, and we're operating from our limbic, which is where we hold emotion, then we're going to be reactive instead of responsive. And the idea is, is that we can catch reactivity that's being activated usually by something in our past before it ends up coming out sideways and hurting ourselves or the people around us. And the way you do that is take a step back to reset your reality. So then you have an opportunity to see and assess what actually is in front of me, what's going on, what part belongs to me versus what part might be somebody else's. Yeah. Because we're experiencing that, we feel completely stuck. We feel overwhelmed. We feel dissatisfied even if things are going right. We don't have a clarity, a sense of clarity about what we want. We no longer have a sense of clarity about who we are. We feel claustrophobic. 
I'm curious because I had to do this the other day for myself. I had to say, you know, it's been a long time since I've been on an airplane. I like once a month at least getting on an airplane and going and speaking to, you know, some people and feel like I'm advancing my cause. And I feel stuck. I feel like I've been put on pause. And I had to stop and say, wait a second. When you were getting on airplanes all the time, you complained about it. You were always tired. You couldn't get your riding done. And you missed Betsy, and Betsy was frustrated because you were traveling. So let's look at what really happened in your COVID. Spent a ton of time with your wife. <laughs> Spent a ton of time in my dog's last year with my dog, Lucy. Probably going to finish two books by the end of the year. Created two or three more courses. It's just everything that I wanted before COVID, I got with COVID. How much of the human condition is just saying, well, I've, everything's bad all the time, and it's hard for us to assess actually what's going well, what's going right? That's part of the reset. That's is, part of assessing what's is, going on. Is zooming out to be able to reset your perspective because you lose perspective when you are wrapped around the fear cycle. You've got high levels of stress. But it is important to have the ability and the emotional intelligence to be able to have a, a dual perspective regarding your emotions. My three-year-old son, who you know well, yeah. he loves <laughs> Uncle Don, I took him to school for the first time about a month ago. And I was in the car line and... I was already feeling anxiety myself because I'm taking my son to school the first time mm. and uh, everybody's in a mask and he's in a mask as a three-year-old and I can't walk him into school for his very first experience. I've got to hand him out the door to a stranger. Yeah. And he started to get emotional as we rounded the corner and got in the line and he looked at me and he said, Daddy, I'm scared. Mm. And emotional thinking about it. And I said, uh, I said, that's okay, buddy. You know, it's okay to be scared and brave at the same time. Hmm. And he thought you could tell he was trying to register. He looked at me and he said, will you be scared and brave with me? Oh my gosh. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was falling apart. Let's get ice cream. He was, he was fine. I was We're going to homeschool you. But, um, yeah, right. but I think that was such a good learning for me that I think when we are in again, elevated levels of stress, particularly unaddressed stress, which compounds in our system, if we don't have appropriate outlets for it, then we have the ability to either stay all in on optimism and pretend like fear doesn't exist, mm -hmm. or we get all in on fear and can't have a perspective on optimism. But the mm -hmm. goal right now is to be able to own and make room for both. Yeah. I, I think Viktor Frankl said that your subconscious will automatically make the fear list, mm -hmm. and you have to actually use your executive brain and reset, stop, analyze, and make a list of what's going right, because your brain won't automatically do that. It's drawn to drama. Walk me through some strategic things we can do to get back centered in the midst of all this stress and anxiety. Sure. This is something that we put underneath an umbrella of emotional fitness exercises that you can do in real time, either with yourself, other people, your team. Mm -hmm. What you're referring to is the emotional body scan, which I do remember we did an mm -hmm. episode on yeah. that one time. And that's simply being able to, in real time, clarify, drill down and become aware of what you're feeling, where you're feeling it and where it is in your body. So in a sense, what that would look like if I were to reverse back into the moment when I dropped my son off, what was I feeling? I was feeling fear, anxiety, and some sadness at about an eight. And it was mm -hmm. all over my chest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By me doing that, I didn't do it then, but I'm glad you're reminding <laughs> me of my own tool now. Right, yeah. <laughs> that would have helped. Um, <laughs> it has the ability that when we clarify when we identify and when we own something, particularly an emotion, it right sizes and it lowers our ambient stress. 
thankfully, what we're finding right now, uh, emotional intelligence and that body of knowledge, particularly in leadership circles, have been growing for quite some time, is, has been and continues to outpace IQ in terms of measuring predictable success. So it's wildly important. Growing in your EQ will actually predict more success than growing in your IQ. 100%. Growing in your ability to know yourself, know how you're acting around other people, what f- impact you're having emotionally on the folks around you and yourself will actually predict your success more than how smart you are, how talented you are. Yeah, a lot of research. I believe that 100%. 100%. In a sense, it's it's power, understanding, strength, and empathy around your mood and feelings toward yourself and other people. That alone is what I would call emotional fitness. Do you cover that in the course? Do you talk about that a little we bit? We do talk about that in the yeah. course, yeah. Okay, after we reset, and, and reset, I'm just going to, what I understand from what you're saying, it's basically stopping, stepping outside yourself and taking an objective look at your situation and collecting data. Yeah, evaluating right? your current reality. Evaluating, yep. yeah. And that alone reaps huge benefits just because if you are stressed and anxious about something, acknowledging the emotion there actually reduces it a little bit. Well, we take it for granted because we assume that in real time, most of us kind of know where we are. But, but the truth is we're hijacked. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And just like a little kid who's being ignored, your emotions are going to scream louder and louder and louder until you acknowledge them. They're there. They're always there underneath the surface. And usually that's when we go back to our conditioning that either happened in our family of origin or cultural conditioning where we were usually, most of us were once told what's okay to feel, what's not okay to feel, yeah. what's okay to share, what's not okay to share. We were also probably trained, those of us in the business sector, to keep emotions out of the workplace. Yeah. As if that's possible. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll be right back with the rest of my interview with Miles Adcox in just a moment. If you are a business coach and you want to be a better business coach, we have a free resource for you. It's called Three Characteristics the World's Best Business Coaches Have in Common. You can find it at coachingmadesimple.com. I believe that most business coaches aren't actually business coaches. They are cheerleaders. What I mean is they root you on, they keep you accountable to reach your goals, And that's it. They're disappointed when you don't, and that's it. They don't actually coach. What a coach does, a coach teaches their players frameworks, tactics, strategies that they can use to win. So if you're a coach and you're saying, I don't exactly have an execution strategy that I teach. I don't have a marketing sales funnel that I can teach. I don't have a management framework that I teach. I don't actually have a negotiation framework that I can teach my people so that they can negotiate contracts better. And if you are yearning for that material, we certify business coaches at Business Made Simple. All you want to do is go to coachingmadesimple.com, download this free resource, and then if you like the resource and you like our program, we can get you in touch with one of our representatives to talk about whether or not being certified is right for you. Your first step is coachingmadesimple.com. Just go to coachingmadesimple.com, download our resource, and we will do the rest. Okay, step two is to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. So after we stop, objectively analyze ourselves, name the emotions that we're feeling, try to be brutally honest with ourselves, that, of course, gives us a chance to deal with them. If we're dealing with fear or anger, we can actually say, actually, I'm afraid and I'm angry. And then we can actually go, okay, well, I think I need to go talk to this person or whatever and deal with the situation. What does recalibrating look like after we reset? 
Well, there's a sophisticated both clinical and coaching model that will support the reset process, which builds a foundation for then you to be able to have an empathetic disposition about your story enough that you're not judging internally or externally what's happening with your current reality. That's vital for you to be able to truly recalibrate that you've got some resilience on board and that you're not going to medicate it, numb it out the minute you realize that the wheels might be falling off in some area of your life. In other words, the reset is there are always parts of us that are going to struggle. But it doesn't mean that those parts of us identify all of us. That's one of the biggest myths of people that enter into coaching and counseling is that they feel that it's all a struggle, so we avoid it. But actually, there's just parts of us. And so when we can clarify and identify those parts of us, we build a solid foundation then to have an empathetic disposition to look back into those parts, figure out which one of them are historic, and then rewrite the narratives that might be holding us back. So that's the recalibrate. And a lot of times people put that first. They're like, let's just go back into your history and dig everything up. When people aren't even in a position to do that, we're mm. not solid or clear on where we are currently to be able to go back and reconcile what parts of our story may not be supporting us. And I don't mean to imply that recalibrate means you go dig up all your dark secrets. That's Mm -hmm. not what this course is about. And most of the time, it's not even necessary. It's just there are elements of our past that can imprint us. And it's important to rewrite those messages so that we can live into the best part of who we can become. How do you sort of recalibrate in the sense that you rewrite your own history? I just had, you've met my family. We've been close for a long time. We've just had 30 family members over for Labor Day and went and got tested afterward and we're fine, (laughs) just so everybody knows. And we started talking about my mom and some wonderful things about my mom and some hard things about my mom and also and I realized as we started talking about this that I had rewritten a good chunk of my own history and not to say well those hard things didn't happen but in order to be able to say those hard things happened and also these amazingly wonderful things happened where for me it was you know Don, tell me about some hard things that happened in your childhood I'd have to take a few minutes because they're so unimportant to me now when they used to be all I would think about Is that part of the recalibration process? Is that part of hopefully more accurately writing your own narrative? Is that part of what you would guide people through? I say that because it was actually healing to me. I don't know if it was healthy or not from a psychologist's perspective, but it was very healing for me to say, actually, your childhood wasn't that bad. There were some hardships for sure. You guys grew up really poor. There's going to be some hardships. But in the midst of being poor, you went to Houston Astros games, you went to children's theaters, you were taken to the symphony, you were, it's things that poor kids don't get to do. You know, so there were some people putting together a huge effort to make our experience, and I've become so incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. Is that healthy, or is that part of recalibration? It's a healthy part of the work that we'll introduce through the framework, which is parts work, being able to identify certain parts and separating them out so that you get the whole picture and not just part of the picture, which is where our brain might go to in survival. One way to do that is to self-assess, and I'm a big visual self-assessment because if I say something to you, we're going to activate a third of your brain. If I show it to you, activate two-thirds. If we make it kinesthetic, put it into action, we can activate all All of it. All right, you got to walk us through this practically because you guys do this so well at OnSite. It's really the magic formula for what OnSite Workshops actually does. They actually have you guide a horse around a pen or draw (laughs) or take yarn and connect the members of your family in a room so you can see who's far away and who's close. Write a letter from your father's perspective on the day you were born. Write what you wish he would have said. That, for whatever reason, opens up parts of the brain that you never knew were there and reveals things to be incredibly true that were hidden from you. So walk me through how you do that in a course. Though, How can somebody 
what's an exercise somebody can go through to recalibrate that they could just do sure. at home or after listening to this podcast? What you're talking about is a highly creative and innovative process to where we want to show you visually a little bit more your narrative and story versus just stay in the executive functioning part and bounce information back and forth because it's not often where we hold the stuck parts of our story. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I'll, just one example would be you could take a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle to create three columns. Hmm. And let's take an example like your mom, what you were telling. If we were to do this in real time, I would say on the first column, I want you to draw a picture, not words, just draw a picture of uh, what your, the relationship with your mom. What was it like? Draw a picture of what it was like. In the center column, draw a picture of what it's like now. And in the, the last column, draw a picture of what you hope it will be. Hmm. You can do that around a variety of different things. Talk about the power of getting you unstuck, though, from realizing you're not stuck in the old story. The story actually has changed, and now you've got much more control to make it change in well, the future. Well, that's it. It takes us out of the part of our brain that is going to ration and reason ourselves out and protect ourselves from being able to truly see what's happening. So I did this with a group of executives yesterday on Zoom, and we did it around the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we said, what was life like in your company? What was it like before? What's it like now? And what do you want it to be? Well, interestingly enough, it was when they saw the picture that they realized what it's like now and what it used to be like, there were a lot of similarities there. Yeah. So some of the things that they thought were new and yeah. creative. The world has not actually been turned upside down. That's like right. That. Often you don't see it because when we're in the change process and moving really fast, all those end up merging together. And often what can happen on that last column is we draw a picture of sitting on a sunset in the beach, skipping through the meadow with no actual practical step of how you get from here to here. Right. We just assume this is where we want to be, but we have no idea how to get there, which is counterintuitive to the change processes, right. you know. Right. And then you got to create a plan on how you're going to make that happen and move into it. So there's a whole lot of exercises like that that may seem elementary, but that's exactly what we want to do with your brain. We want to back you up and, and almost invite you in a safe way to unlearn a lot of the stuff that may be blocking you from where you want to go. Great. Well, the third part is reconnect. I'm guessing reconnect with yourself, reconnect with others. What does reconnection look like? That's my favorite part, particularly because we have probably the largest deficit of connection in culture than we ever have, yeah. is this is the fun part of rediscovering the parts of you, because this is the integration part. This is where you get to anchor into who you are, who you've always been, but we've just reminded you and removed some obstacles through some sophisticated and cool exercises that honestly are really digestible. Uh, and then you get a chance to clear the path, look into the future, chart the course and stay connected to you through it so that going forward, you're no longer bouncing off the guardrails of inauthenticity or all the messages you might be taking on or telling yourself, you've got a pretty anchored truth in going straight down the line of where you want to go. And when we clear the path going forward, you know this with story better than anybody. You're the one who taught me a lot of this stuff. But when things get clear, things start to change. And mm -hmm. the same thing mm -hmm. happens in the growth, personal growth process. Well, Miles, thanks a lot. This has been a gift. It, the, the course is called Rediscover you. It's at onsiteworkshops.com. All your programs are at onsiteworkshops.com, but the one we've talked about is called Rediscover You. And by the way, StoryBrand doesn't get anything for, mm. this is not an ad. Uh, we don't get paid for any of this. There is a bonus code, right? If you use the bonus code StoryBrand and get some a good bit of money off. You know, one thing that as leaders, and this is all leaders listening to this podcast, for us to get ourselves centered before we enter back into the reality of this world, which hopefully we'll enter into soon, and then also your leaders to sit down and maybe go through these exercises for a day before you enter back in the workplace. 
could save you an enormous amount of drama and headache moving forward and be a great benefit to your team. So the place is called Onsite Workshops. We tend to have miles on a couple times a year, and I can't think of a better time than right now because the people are really, really stressed out of their gourd. I mean, this whole Bill Gates thing is really freaking me out. <laughs> and uh, and well, the aliens. We didn't even talk yeah, about the aliens. We didn't get there. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty to be stressed about. And I, I tell you, I've never seen people any other time in history more collectively start to evaluate their meaning. And mm. so keep in mind, those people are the people you're leading. They're coming back into your workforce. Not only do they have heightened stress, but they also are doubling down on things that are trying to help them find their meaning and define their meaning. So if you want to invest in people's meaning, then make it matter. And I think rediscovering you can help you get there. Listen, we're all having to go back into the real world. You want to be the most centered person that you can be. You know, at the end of your life, nobody will regret doing a little work on themselves, mm. especially when you're in a place of impact. It matters. It matters mm. now more than ever. So onsiteworkshops.com. Go check them out. All right, Miles, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, JJ, a lot there. So much. A lot to take away. I love him. Yeah. He offers something to the world that's fairly amazing. And the people who are coming in and out of on-site workshops are some of those, really some of the most impactful people in the world. Yeah. It's amazing how he he handles all that. And the thing that jumped out for me was when he talked about how just naming the stress that we're in actually lowers your stress. Right. <laughs> and to hear him say, we are actually at a historical level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two things that really create some big tension and trauma in our life is the idea of the fear of being alone and the fear of being out of control, right. which is what we're all living in right now, like every single day. But the fact that he named that even for me allowed me to go, oh, he's right. The feelings I've been having are normal right. <laughs> in this context. And then being able to name that for myself just a little bit dropped my shoulders a little, yeah. right? It just allowed me to go, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not going off the deep end here. This really is an unprecedented time. <laughs> <laughs> and by naming that, it allows me to kind of move forward a little bit easier. The big thing that I got out of the interview was actually not handled directly by Miles. But when he talked about being isolated leads to stress. Yes. You know, I'm partly an, an introverted person. Mm -hmm. And uh, not fully, not fully introverted, because I interact with people, it feels like all day, every day. But I do have to have these hours where I can be alone in the hammock with a book <laughs> or whatever. And when COVID hit, it was literally like, throw me into the briar patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you you're saying? We can't go to parties. We probably need to go to bed early. We binge Netflix. We stay home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've been fighting this pandemic my entire <laughs> life. I want everybody to know that. Yeah. I, you owe me. Uh -huh, uh -huh, <laughs> the uh -huh, whole world uh -huh. owes me and people like me because I ain't spreading this to nobody. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what it made me think was, you know, we got a fire pit going in here at Goose Hill next week. Mm -hmm. And it'd be a safe place to get five or six people around yeah. and to have some meaningful conversations about once a week. And I need to get that back into my life because I think I've taken the excuse too far. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to get. <laughs> I don't want to go to their wedding because I don't want to get COVID. <laughs> and what if I'm asymptomatic? We yeah, can't possibly I mean, talk to, to your for the world. mom and dad on the phone. What if it can be transmitted through the phone? I think we should just be quiet. You can't get it reading a book, yes. Betsy. Uh -huh. Sorry, mm -hmm, I'm just mm -hmm, going back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I see where I see where you're going with that. So for me, it. yeah. it's the importance of actually being in community, sharing how 
how you feel. And, you know, I, I joke. Miles and I actually get together many, many times a year, and it's just some of those thoughtful, meaningful yeah. conversation you can have, and I think I long for more of that. And when you start using these tools, they mm. make a difference. They make a difference. That's the thing that really, even for him, you know, mentioning like the, <laughs> well, the tools, when he actually was able to step yeah, back and apply them, they made a difference. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. I kind of got worried there when I asked the question. You're like, like oh, I wait, think did it's it? turned did, out yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's still in business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, it really has. But the tools work. And yeah. when you actually take some time, it will not only impact your personal well-being, but everybody around you, your family, your coworkers, anybody you come in contact with, when you can get back to kind of your truest self yeah. and really be grounded – in what the reality is around you and what you want the future to be, you actually can raise others up around you. And yeah. that's what I love about it is what they've created is something. I mean, you and I have both been through their Living Centered program, which mm -hmm. was amazing. But to be able to now do that on a digital level and be able to impact people yeah. is pretty amazing. I think 50% or more of my quote-unquote mental health, whatever that is, mm -hmm. I attribute to on-site. And also just a friendship with Miles and Al Andrews and so many yeah. other people and resources that we have. But I was talking to Betsy the other day, and you know, she was saying she needs to work on this about herself, and and I was saying, well, I, I really need to work on this. This is something I need to work on, and and she kind of smiled. And she said, you know what your problem is, and I said, what's my problem? <laughs> she goes, you're happy. You have issues, <laughs> but you're happy, and yes. there's nothing that motivates you to go deal with them because you're just happy. <laughs> yes. I said, well. I did a lot of work to get happy, right? Yeah, I mean, these, the tools work. <laughs> if they don't work, why do we keep yeah, talking about them? Yeah, like, exactly. Well, I don't need to go back. I'm yeah. happy. Yep. Anyway, but th that's just to say it is possible to be a contented human being yeah. if you actually analyze yourself and figure out what's going on and look back in your history. Also, nobody wants to work for a jerk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nobody wants to work for or, or with or with a jerk. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do that. Nope. So it's important to do this work on ourselves. Miles, thanks for coming on. JJ, thank you for doing work on yourself. I think it's one of the reasons we get along. All right, music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. Hey, everybody, this is Bobby Richards, the Building a Story Brand podcast producer. And like Don was saying at the beginning of this episode, we want to thank you for being the best listeners ever. By having him and JJ answer questions about how to best pivot during this pandemic, how you can clarify your message, or pretty much any question that relates to your business and what problem you're having right now. So to get us those questions, all you have to do is pull out your smartphone, open your favorite voice memo app, and let us know your name, what type of business you own or work for, and your question. Then attach that file to an email and send it to podcast at storybrand.com. We're going to try to answer as many questions as we can in a future episode, so make sure you submit now. Remember, record your question on a smartphone, attach that file to an email sent to podcast at storybrand.com, and your question might be one that we answer on an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening.